Would you turn with me in your Bibles, though, to uh, Acts, book of Acts, chapter 7. I'm going to start at verse 54 of Acts chapter 7 and read through verse 60. Okay? And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly unto heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had this said, he fell asleep. You thought about your death lately? We need to think about it more. We need to think about it because we always need to have the end in view. There may be a few exceptions, but for the most part, if you don't live right, you won't die right either. You know, we're talking about looking for God's glory. And one of the greatest places to be looking for God's glory is in our death. You know that we're all going to die. We need to face it, even embrace it. Doesn't matter how young you are or how much thrive or bulletproof you might think you are. I want to remind us that God is in control. Here we see the life of Stephen, a young man, probably in the prime of his ministry. God called him home. Not necessarily the stones that did it or the hatred from the crowd. But there was a time into it all that we don't understand. This is the second message I want to try to bring you regarding looking for God's glory. Last week we talked about show me glory that Moses had wanted and asked God for. What a profound request. Have you asked God to show you His glory lately? We found out that when we do and we have been granted that by God, we see His goodness. So I want to talk this morning about steadfast glory. Steadfast glory. What steadfast means, as I understand it, is just staying with it. Whether it's good or bad, or whether it's up or down, sideways. 
firm or soft, whatever it is, steadfast, be committed. Don't let the circumstances of life take you in places that you will be so fearful and so scattered that you'll forget the glory of God. Because God has saved you for one purpose, and that is to bring Him glory. And so I think we can hook it up and say that, you know, I want to live for God. And I'm going to make up my mind to look for His glory. You will find His glory. And you will be steadfast in your life. Even immovable. 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul says in verse 58, Be ye steadfast, immovable, going about the work of God. That's what a believer does. We're, we're based in our life, we're based on the foundation of God. And it doesn't mean we don't have to deal with life that we don't understand and lost and hurt. But it does mean when we look for the glory of God, not only will we be, we'll be comforted, we'll, we'll have an influence on others. You know, I want to try to say three things in a minute here about this text. There's probably so much in it that I'll never get it, but what I want to try to tell us is how can I be steadfast in my pursuit of looking for God's glory? Because there are so many distractions. And I think it in three ways. And this is what my points, if you want to call them that, might be. First of all, we see the view from Stephen. And this is a lot like the Lord Jesus, don't you see? You know, Jesus Christ says in Luke 23, His very last words, Into thy hands, Lord, I, Father, I commit my spirit. He started off, Jesus did, in Luke 2, verse 49 or so, when he said, I must be about my Father's business. Now, you're talking about an example of steadfastness. We see that in our Lord. And I can tell you for sure, and I know you already know it, what Jesus does is what we ought to do, because he says, if you want to be my disciples, follow me. And you will have an opportunity to do that. You know, I think about in the Christian faith today, when I think about what was going on in the book of Acts, and what went on in so much of the Christian world in the early years, how people were, were persecuted, even martyred. And by the way, Stephen, as you know, is the first martyr. It's the only death that is described in the New Testament, really, as it's described, other than the Lord Jesus. So I think it's, it's fitting that we take it to heart and say, God, teach me how to be steadfast as I look for your glory. See, what death does is bring to our weakest point. We're weakest in our death. But doesn't God remind us that when we're weak, then are we strong? I'll tell you, we need to die a little bit every day. Do not try to live this world in a way that it's going to be hard to die. You gotta let your grip on this world go sometime and you just as well start practicing. Don't make it hard to die. Even if you can't understand it. 
So how can we do that? And the three things I want to try to say is, first, we see that Stephen was full of the Spirit. Secondly, we see that Stephen was focused on heaven. And thirdly, we see that Stephen faced his trials, even his death, with confidence. So first of all, let's look at this. This man, Stephen, what happened to him was this. He simply, if you read the, 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 the chapter 7 of, of Acts, which is a, a powerful uh, history of God and, and God's glory, that's what Stephen was doing. And he takes it all away from Abraham and, and Joseph in captivity and, and the children of Israel, the ancient people of God, and he, he brings them all through and he shows us how God dealt, dealt with all that and how he allowed these things to happen. And then in the end, he gets the glory. Right on through Moses. So Stephen explained that to these people. And you know what? The, the one thing that we need to see to be steadfast, first of all, as I said, to be full of God. You know why there's so many divorces today among people? The reason is they don't have enough God. You don't have enough God in your marriage. We don't have enough God in our churches. You know why people are so scattered and wondering what to do? We don't have enough God. We say, God, fill me with your spirit. And so God will do it. He says, open your mouth wide, I'll fill it. God will give it to you. So what Stephen did, he read the word of God. You want to be full of the Spirit? You get in this book. I'm going to say you read the 23rd Psalm three times a day for five days. See what it does. You read the Beatitudes the Lord Jesus gives in Matthew. You, get, you read them just through once a day. See what it does to you. I'm going to tell you this book is living. It's the Word of God. It's powerful. It's truth. Don't you ever be, be uh, whittled down on it. Don't you ever try to take anything away from it. Don't you let the devil even talk you out of it. That's what Jesus used to whip him. You remember in the wilderness, he got him on the word. It is written, Jesus said. So Stephen was full of God. In fact, when he was chosen a deacon in Acts chapter 6, they looked at this man and said, this man's full of Jesus. This man's full of the Holy Spirit. Can they say that about you and me? I can tell you this, if that's the truth, it's going to stand out. Your life is going to stand out. You can't hide Jesus. If you really serve God and you really love him and you really embrace his word and you would believe him, you ain't gonna, you're not going to be able to put that up somewhere. You're not going to be able to put God on the back burner. Not for long. No, no. See, they noticed this man. Now, I mean, just like Peter tried to deny it, he never knew Jesus, but huh, he was caught. You talk like him, the lady said. You've been with him, haven't you? So, so the deal is, here's, here's Stephen. He's full of the Holy Spirit, and, and he's talking about God because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, it just comes out, okay? It doesn't mean you have to be a preacher or, or you speak in tongues. What it means is that you, you love God and you're, you want to tell people when people don't love him, you want them to. And so in the Acts of 7, Peter explains it. I mean, just takes them right through it. You'd have thought he was a profound preacher. 
but he just talked about God. And he talked about God because he was the Holy Spirit, because you're going to talk about what you love. And he loved God. And the people hated him. And you know what? The world today, the great and the new hate speech is truth. You hear me? You can't get in the world today and talk about the truth. You talk talking about the truth and who Jesus is, and he's the only way to God, I'm going to tell you, people will hate you between their lips. You talk talking about a God that is sovereign, a God that chooses, a God that elects, I'm going to tell you, the religious world even will hate you between their teeth. That's what they did to Jesus in Luke chapter 4. When he got in the temple and he opened God's word. And he read from Isaiah. And he said there's many widows in the land of Sarepta. But only one went Lord Jesus to. The Lord sent to. Was the prophet Elijah sent to. There were many lepers. But only one. Was the prophet sent to. And the Bible says there in Luke 4, they hated him between their teeth and would have pushed him off a mountain had not he walked away. I'm going to tell you, my chains are gone. Thank you, Melanie. But I'm going to tell you what, the way that we have freedom is going to be the truth. The truth will make you free, but truth makes you hurt sometime. And you just want to let it go. That's what God is doing. He's nudging this stuff out so we can put more of God in him. I'm going to say, are you full of the Spirit? Stephen was. That doesn't mean that's going to make you such a saint of God that you're not going to face trials. This young man was stoned to death. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes I'm such a wimp when it comes to Christianity. I'm get up here, you know, I try to preach to God's people and all that, but I wonder if somebody comes to my house and says, I'm going to tell you, Bubba, I want you to recant everything you've ever said, or I'm going to take you out here, I'm going to stone you to death. I hope I would have this kind of courage. I'm telling you, there's multiplied millions of Christians in this world today that will walk around with their fancy clothes on and sing songs and play music and go to the conferences and all that, but when it comes really dying time, what are we going to be? I'm not sure we're not putting a world that's going to get close to that in the times ahead. But I'm going to tell you that's why we need to be full of God. Full of the Holy Spirit. We to Him. We, we think about Him. We read His Word. Now here, hear this close. I know you already know this. I want to remind you it comes from God, the Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit. But here's the thing that is so encouraging this morning I want to tell you. This is the same Holy Spirit that Stephen has as in you and me. The same one. It's not some different Holy Spirit. The thing is, you know, I wonder um, sometimes, I, you know, we're to be filled with the Spirit. That's not just by default. I mean, I mean, you work at it. You say, God, I know there's something in here. You've got to get something out before you can put the right stuff in. Confess your sins. Call them up. You know, fix your leaks. You know, I hate, to, I hate to admit these silly things I do before God's people. 
Well, you know, I, I, I have done this. I've been, I've, I've put up with it for three or four weeks. I've got a, a, a pretty nice truck. And you know, I, I got this, I got this, uh, what do you call it? It's a satellite message system, whatever. I can't think of the technical name, but, but this comes on my screen and it says, a leak has been detected in your right front tire. Your pressure is 24 pounds. It's a warning there. You think I've fixed that leak? Have I been there, Sister Glenda? I haven't been there. You know what I do? I just look in, I just drive out by the barn, I turn my air compressor on and put some air in. I did that yesterday, me and Penny was going to ride around some. Why do I do that? Soaring, that's mainly. Oh, I don't have time. I'm, I'm talking about serious things now because I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit will leak out of you. You know, Jesus says, not so much what goes in, what comes out. Make the tree good and the fruit will be good. You know, we need to patch it up. We need to patch whatever's leaking, whether it's resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. Something, Lord, you know that we need to do, then let's do it. Let's, let's say, I'm going to patch that leak. I don't want to be full of God. And I know you do too, and, and I pray that the Lord would help us do it. It's the same spirit. You know, we're to be lights. Jesus said that, didn't he? And uh, and Matthew, we mention that every time we talk about this series. He says, be ye therefore lights of the world that people may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And I'm, I said last week, what well, you look at, people are going to look at. Stephen was looking at God's glory. He was looking for it. He was full of the Holy Spirit, but he was focused on heaven. But even though he died, now here's the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. See, death is one of the most profound events in life where, where, where I'm, I'm sure death and birth are just, are just amazing. I think that's the two most profound events of life for human, humanly that we have. Other than maybe our new birth. But it's not necessarily like we, like we imagine it to be. And I think Stephen proves this. Stephen too proved along with Jesus that this spirit that we have lives after this body dies. Because he said, and to thy hands I commit my spirit. Jesus, as I said, said the same thing on Calvary's cross. Your spirit will live forever. And it will live in the bosom and in the embraces of a Jesus. Or it'll be in a hell. So it's worthy that we need to understand the magnitude of looking for God's glory. And the influence that it makes. You know, there was a notice in the scripture in verse 58. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. 
See, they were stoning him. That's Paul. Later on, Paul is going to remember this. Now, I wouldn't say that, that Stephen's the one that converted him. But I'm going to say the Lord used Stephen. Because Lord, Paul remembered that. I, I can't imagine what he's doing. People taking off their coats, you know, and they were... They were taking off their coats and they were going to take them off because they were going to stone somebody. They had to be able to free them up, you know. They had to throw rocks at it. That's what he was doing that for. So they just handed them over to Paul. Say, if that's Paul, that's Paul hold my coat. I'm going to whip this guy. I'm going to stone him to death. What he was saying, well, that's okay. That's okay with me. I mean, Paul was persecuting the church himself. So he, but Stephen, though he was full of the Spirit, was able to resist that in a calm in a way that he was glorifying God. He was reflecting Jesus. To the point that he was praying for those that were beating him up. He was praying for those people that were killing him. Now you tell me where that comes from. you got to be full of the Holy Spirit to do that. And I'm going to tell you, when, when I see some of the things on TV about these rioters, and I see what they do to law enforcement and just innocent people, I mean just having a dinner somewhere and just going up there and grabbing their drink out of their plate or their table, I'm going to tell you what I want to do. I want to take them somewhere and whip them with a rubber hose. That's what I want to do. But then I remember... That's where my leak, I need to pack that, <laughs> okay? Because God says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay, saith the Lord. So that's the difference you see in a Christian when we, we, have a, we have a light that God's reflecting God. That's what this Holy Spirit, when you full of the Holy Spirit, it glows God's glory. And the thing about it, it's like a candle. You don't put it under a bushel somewhere, but you got to keep the oil in it. And you got to trim the wick. And the oil is the Holy Spirit. And it's not like we just come and say, God, fill me. And I just need one filling. It's about like your car and your automobile. You just go on and on. You, you keep filling it. Don't run out of God. You stay full of the Holy Spirit. And so what happens? What happens? Uh, then the wick needs trimming. The wick is our responsibility. Sometimes we need to remember and this really helps me when I see the hatred in the world. And when I see a glimpse of it in my own heart, I remember what I would be apart from the grace of God. I remember if it wasn't for God's grace, I would be those protesters. I would be that addict. I would be that one that blasphemes God. But God has changed all that, like he did Paul. And so he's full, we're full of the Holy Spirit, first of all. Secondly, we're focused on heaven. Notice what he says. Verse 455, but he, that is Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven. He was looking to heaven. He was looking beyond what he could see. It reminds me of the Apostle Paul when he said, 
These light afflictions are but for a moment. For they work in us a far greater weight of glory. See? That's what you're going through these trials for. That's what God has sent this pandemic for, to see His glory. The deal is we don't see it like we want to see it. But God doesn't give us a menu. He gives us the truth and He gives us what's right and He does it in love. And He wants to remind us that we're we're pilgrims and strangers on this earth. That's another reason we need to look at our death. We're not going to be here forever. We're moving on. I was talking to a funeral director yesterday, and he says, I've never seen anything like this all my life. I think he said they had like four funerals. I don't know if that was just yesterday or this weekend or whatever. I don't know if COVID related or not. I don't. But I think you probably have thought about more about your death and the death of your loved ones more lately than you've ever thought before, haven't you? I think we all have. I mean, it's a good time to hook up with God. It's a good time to, to look at heaven. And that's what Paul said. I was mentioning that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse, and he says, that way to glory, how's that come about? While we look. Not in the things we can see, those temporal things, but things that are unseen. You've got to look for something you can't see. That's what heaven's about. I tried to call her this morning, and I don't have her cell number. I, her landline been disconnected. It's Charmaine Clutter. You ever visited that lady? You, you need to take time to do it. Uh, all, right, all right, here's a lady that can't, can't walk. She used to walk a lot. She's laying there. You might go in her den. I think she'd be all right if I said this. You go in there. She's laying in her bed. First time I saw Sister Charlene, she said, you know, Brother Randy, you look over this wall. See that wall? It's paneling. I said, yes, ma'am, I see that. She says, no, you come over here. I want you to look. She said, you know, there's an angel right there. It's a symbol of an angel. She got to look at it every day. She's looking at heaven. She's not looking at her problems. She's looking for God's glory. It's what she's looking for. There was an older black man over at the nursing home one time. I remember Eugene. I mean, that man, I don't know if he's, he may be in heaven now. I bet he is. He was in his 90s. I remember that man, I'd walk by his room, and he'd just be grinning all the time. I went in there one day, and I said, I met him, and over the time, I was going to bring him a watermelon one time, and they said, you couldn't allow that. But, but he and I talked about watermelons. But anyway, he said, he said um, I said, Eugene, uh, how is it that you're so smiling? I mean, you know, most people in the nursing home, it's not the best place you want to be. You know, when he went, he went on to explain to me, this man was full of God. Because he said, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. He said, because when I was in, in church and at home, he said, I used to go to this little church, and he said, I would just go in there sometime, but you only went there, and I would just sit there, and I would just say, Lord, it's me, Eugene. He said, that's all I'd say. 
And he said, I just felt God was with me. And he said, you know what, preacher? He said, now I come in my room. He said, lots of times, he said, I'm just in here by myself right in the middle of the night. And said, Jesus comes over here and he sits down beside me. And he says, Eugene, it's me, Jesus. He said, you tell me why I can't be happy. You see what that man's doing? That man's looking for heaven. He was focused on heaven. Only on Jesus. That's what Stephen said. Stephen didn't call for the priest. He didn't say, wait a minute now, wait a minute. I was a deacon, you know. I, I got my name on the church out there on the plaque. You know, I did some miracles, didn't I? I mean, I preached, um, I tried to preach God's word. He never said that. He said, Jesus. He called for Jesus. You know what that song says? How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It seals his sorrows, heals his wounds, and takes away his care. I'm going to tell you, friends, if you really focused on heaven, the only thing that's going to matter is Jesus. And Jesus will never let you down. Don't say, well, you know, it's my good works or bad works. Think about what I did, you know. It's what he died for. Jesus only. We need to let it go. Everything else but Jesus. And then thirdly, Stephen faced his trials. He says in verse 59, he stoned, they stoned Stephen calling upon God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Or do you think you're ready to die? I mean, I don't think, I don't think that's too absurd uh, to ask you, do you? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not talking about you got to do this or necessarily be baptized or you got to make a big donation. I'm talking about in your heart. Is it settled with God? You know what, you, you and I might not make it home. We don't might not. And I don't want to some scare tag. I'm going to, I just want you to see the reality that you've got to face death and you've got to face your trials. And we do it with the strength of God when we're full of the Spirit of God and we're looking at heaven. Short prayers, prayers are so powerful. I mean, this prayer seems just a short prayer. He didn't go out and try to get all the points of, of adoration and supplication and thanksgiving and those kind of things. He just said, God, help me. <laughs> Save me, Lord, I perish. Oh, Jesus, come now. I'm going to tell you what, when you get to the point of your death, your, the cross of Jesus is going to be more and more important to you than ever before. And he committed... His spirit. You know, that, that part of you, your spirit, is the only part of you that has the ability to have fellowship with God. You hear me? Animals don't have that. You're the only creature, God's people, that he says, I want you to have fellowship with me. And it doesn't matter whether it's trials or, 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 or not. What Stephen was able to do, because he was full of God, full of his spirit, and focused on heaven, he was able to face his trials and just give up and say, God, 
Whatever you want is okay with me. I, God, give you my spirit. You know, I am, I've got a leg up on you a little bit because I've been studying this this week and it has made me feel so much better. Because you know what? It makes us understand that we do depend on God more than we think. It makes us understand too that uh, I wondered why God took Stephen out, but it, proven, it proves that God can do without us. <laughs> he can use us, He can do without us. Now, if you don't think the world can do without you, I'm going to tell you a couple ways to know. The next time you get in a pool and you get out of the pool, you look back and see if it left a hole in the water. Or your bathtub. You know, you see, does it leave a hole in there? Well, no. That means the world can do without you. But, but, but the things we can't do without is committing our spirit to God. I mean just simply trusting God. See, see, this man, Stephen's amazing. I, I, I'm just touching the surface of this guy. I mean, he's saying, God, have mercy. Don't, don't blame these guys for doing this to me. <laughs> man. And that is amazing to me that he can say that. And really mean it. But that's how we all ought to be given what God has done for us, how He's forgiven us, what we deserve. But He's ready to commend. I want you to see how, how He does this. To God's hand. He gave His Spirit to God's hand. The hands of God, same thing Jesus did. The hands are powerful. And what that means is he's willing to know that nothing was above God. I want you to be reminded today that we are in God's hands. And we can give in our spirit to him. That, that is the best hands we can be in. Jesus said in John 10, says, nothing can pluck you out of my hand. Nobody. Because I and the Father got you. David said when he was persecuted in Psalm 31, verse 5, he said, my life is in your hand. My Redeemer. He says in that same song in verse 15, he said, my times are in thy hands. Oh, what comfort it is. That nothing can pluck us out of God's hands. You know what that means? That no matter what we have to deal with, no plagues or death or, or, or situations in life are going to take us to God before our time. Now, do you believe that? See, see it wasn't, Brother Elijah, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID. Your mama's time. To go to heaven. It's not going to be cancer. It's not going to be a, a drunk driver on the road. When that time comes, we need to say, God, here's my spirit. I'm in your hands. Oh man, that ought to bring us so much comfort. 
But all the deal is, how does this man say this? You know, I was reading in conclusion. There's a guy in the 1400, John Huss. And this man was burned at the stake. And, and he was another guy that influenced Martin Luther. He started reading about him. And why he was burned at the stake was because he was standing up for the truth. And they burned him at the stake, and I jotted down what he said. He says, Lord Jesus, it is for thee that I patiently endure this cruel death. I pray thee to have mercy on my enemies. Man, that's, that's powerful. That's why I need to, we need to be hungry and thirsty after righteousness. It needs to me to be uh, mindful of the glory of God and His grace as we look to the glory of God. What matters is not our circumstance, but what are we made of? See, the same sun that melts wax will harden clay. You see, your material that God has put His Spirit in. May the Lord bless you to face your trials, to put your spirit in God's hands. May the Lord bless us to rejoice in the fact that we have that opportunity to do that. Even prompted by God's Spirit that our death would be a good death. I mean, that's how I want to die, and I believe that's how you want to die. <laughs> that others would see that, that I'm looking for the glory of God, and that influences somebody. May the Lord bless us to rejoice, to be steadfast in His glory, looking for His glory steadfastly. Like Ruth, when she's told Naomi, who tried to talk her out of going with her, you remember back to her homeland, she says, Wherever your God is my God. Wherever your home, wherever you go to church, so to speak, I'm going. I'm going to be committed. Be steadfast looking for God's glory. Like, like Daniel when he was under captivity. He didn't just, he didn't just fall away and he said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to eat the king's meat. I'm not going to party with the world anymore. You see, God gave him strength and used him to deliver and he'll do that to you and me. Now, I'm going to patch my tire next week, I promise you. But I pray in a different way that you and I will look at our lives and say, you know, there's a leak somewhere. Because you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's doubts. Maybe it's something that's eating at you a little bit. I'll tell you what, Jesus can fix any flat tire. This Holy Spirit will inflate us and keep us where we can make traction for Him. Live for him who died for us. Would you bow with me? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your amazing grace, for the song that we've heard today to portray it. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that you've recorded the tragic death of this young man, Stephen, who we expose expect to see in heaven. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the wherewithal by the same Holy Spirit to continually go to use for the bread and the water of life and for your preserving your word and for your giving us the desire to pray that we can be filled with the Spirit. We pray, O oh Lord, that 
we can focus on heaven. And I suppose that'll take some discipline for all of us. I know it will me. There's so many things in our lives that distract us. Lord, have mercy upon us not to put more emphasis on other things than we do you and the need of your spirit in our lives. And then, Lord, give us the grace to commit our spirits right into your hands. Whether that's to death itself or any trial we face, we believe, Lord, that your hands are the best place and you can handle any problem, any situation we got. Because those hands had nails nailed in them for us. The scars are still there. Help us to see them, Lord, and that would be motivation for us all, I guess. To live for you who died for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.